0: the other big thing is about building the team around you to, to build a company that is able to scale and so you know we've we've just been super lucky every individual on the team is just such a joy to work with and they're super yeah. talented which allows us to really achieve more than you'd ever expect such a small team to achieve yeah. and And I think for me, success is the fact that I had employees who are superstars that got offered their dream job and they turned it down to stay working with us. I've had employees who would message me saying, like, you've been a really great boss, but you've been a better friend. And, And that to me is what success is, you know, spending the time to build your team up.
1: Hello, dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of the Want Money, Got Money podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kamani, and my guest today is Dr. Angela Lim. She is the co-founder and CEO of ClearHead. Clearhead is on a mission to solve the mental health crisis. She is actually a prime example of how being passionate about the problem you're solving and networking and being in the right place at the right time can really jumpstart your startup and get it funded and help you meet the right co-founders. So listen to this story of how Dr. Angela went from being a pediatric doctor to to a successful tech startup entrepreneur of a funded startup so let's get into it so Angela welcome to the show it's great to have you here I've known about your story and I'm like super always inspired by what you have managed to achieve so for our audience who don't know you please tell us a bit about what you are up to these days
0: Sure. So uh, my name is Angela. I um, train as a medical doctor in pediatrics and uh, now I run a health uh, tech startup primarily in the mental health space.
1: Oh, that's great. And it's called Clearhead. That's right.
0: right. Clearhead. So Clearhead is an online mental health platform where we help people understand what their mental health issue is and then find them the help that they need.
1: That's great. And how did you get started with Clearhead?
0: Yeah. So my background was I trained as a medical doctor in pediatrics and have been involved in a few other things like health IT at a governance level. And have I guess always been really interested in innovation more specifically or more broadly. So it wasn't the type of person that wanted to run my own startup. But I think I made the decision at the uh, start of 2018 that I was going to stop or take a break from clinical medicine. And I gave myself two years um, to kind of, you know, do something about it from when um, I started my startup. So I think that when you make a decision, the universe makes it happen. And yeah, what ended up happening was in May 2018, I met what would be my investor. We were just chatting and they just said that, oh, you know, I really like what you're talking about. Why don't you just send me a business plan? So I said, sure. (laughs) And I flew back to New Zealand. I rang what would be my technical co-founder, Michael. And we just, you know, I asked him, you know, would you want to be a part of this? And he said, yes. And so we doodled a business plan out of a fish and chip piece of paper that we went to, and yeah, and then we we got the money and 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 we got started. <laughs> that's
1: that's great. Have you always been passionate about health? Was that what made you study medicine, or how did you choose? Like you know, like after school, what you want to do?
0: Yeah, I have always been interested in helping people
1: yes. and
0: being able to, I guess do things differently. And and health was one way in which I kind of fell into. My, my first degree was in neuroscience. And then yeah. I didn't really want to do research as a career. So uh, medicine was a good transition. But then I wasn't completely happy. I love what I was doing, but I wasn't feeling like it was what I'm
1: I guess... Um, Fulfilling for you in a way? <laughs>
0: yeah, I wasn't tapping into parts of my personality and parts of mm. my skill set that I feel I wanted to use more. And and so so I was always searching for what next after clinical medicine. And, and I, I didn't really have the answer, but I think once I made the decision, it yeah. set sort of like things in motion.
1: Yep. Were there any mentors or were there any people you followed that sort of inspired you to go down the entrepreneurship route or was it? Um, well
0: I I came from a family background of business people Yeah. and I think that that's something that maybe is innate in, in, in my, yes. my personality but I think when well when we started out with Clearhead, our inspiration was like Airbnb. And so, yes. yeah, we reference a lot of like our designs and yes. um, stuff like that from them.
1: Yeah. Oh, very cool. And looking back at like, you know, how you met your investor, which is very, very cool. It's so many founders have ideas, but they never can get that technical co-founder or the team around them or that initial funding to pay that team and and all those sort of things so i really admire that about you that you managed to get all the pieces lined up to to be able to achieve and build what you have built how did it all start did was it just out of the blue because you cannot just meet anyone in the (laughs) random stranger in the street and hey give me money i want to build something How, how did it all work out
0: it really was sort of like that <laughs> I just happened to sit next to this person at a conference yeah. and we were just chatting about healthcare I did not have an idea or anything like yeah. that And but I think what he kind of saw in, in our conversation was that I knew what I was talking about in, in mm-hmm. terms of the health sector yeah. where the opportunities are in terms mm-hmm. of transforming healthcare and I think I was just super passionate about that and And I I think I was really frustrated when I was uh, a doctor. And even with all the other governance roles, it it wasn't really transformative work that I got to do. And I had really very little control on dictating what the outcomes would be. And so, uh, like, I think from because Michael and I are at the stage of life that we are, you know, we were Mm. in our late 20s, we had mortgages, we had good jobs that paid us six figures like it's very hard to kind of be like okay go back to instant noodles like like we can't we're like we have to pay the mortgage so it was very much like uh, if we did not get funding we probably would never have started this so it was really lucky on our end that i think our investor just saw a really awesome team yeah and and i think you know like you're right. Like it's super hard to find a technical co-founder and I yeah. think if you you go shopping for a technical co-founder <laughs> you're probably not going to find the yes. right person. And my story with Michael was very much about you know it is about the networks that you build yes. not necessarily when it's your first when it's going to be the big thing. You know, so Michael and I, we met five years ago um, when I was in my final year of medical school. Mm -hmm. Um, This was our first startup. (laughs) And I was really passionate about, like I said, building an uh, uh, innovation in healthcare. And so I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, how can we sort of build that? pipeline using technology yeah. um, with frontline staff and so that was kind of what we, we we wanted to build so I met Johnny and he was a family friend who I kind of called upon because I just didn't have the tech skills at all I just had the clinical experience and sort of the idea but not yeah. the actual how am I going to build this <laughs> yeah. um so, you know, when I reached out to Johnny, he said, oh, you have to, I you know, can I bring a, f- a friend in? You know, he yes. worked, I worked with him in previous projects and stuff, and he's really good. And I just said, look, at, if you can trust him, sure. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that like, when you first start a startup for the first time, you're like really paranoid about who you can yeah. tell your idea to and who will you bring on the team. I think I've learned to be less cautious about that but yeah at the beginning i was like as long as you can trust the person and so he brought on michael who's also a university of oakland alum from the software engineering department and michael's amazing he's been coding since he was eight years old he uh he actually you know how facebook has this feature where it alerts you when someone's safe from a natural disaster yeah yeah Um, so him and johnny built that feature before facebook did wow yeah and um they did it as part of the Microsoft Imagine Cup. Yes. And... Yeah, and so there, and I think like the nice thing about Michael as well was that he very much was someone who um, was happy to go along for the ride. He didn't have like his, like, I have my own idea. He just actually is like super, like, I think the main thing about us is that we both want to help people and do good. That was, and so he was happy to go along with my idea of like how we would help people and do good. Um, and he'll help me build it. And uh, yeah, so, but sorry, (laughs) it's like detour, but basically, the first startup never worked out. We kind of yes. had a go at it for about two years. But out of the process, really, I learned about Michael's capability. Wow. I, I learned how I, I work with him and yes. that we were compatible in terms of working. And I could just, I really trust him. And and so when, when this opportunity came up, he was the only person I thought about to kind of do this with. Yeah, and I was really lucky. He said yes.
1: <laughs> That's very cool. Love the origin story of Clearhead. So, yeah so you are so passionate about solving people's problems and <laughs> yes. also and also the other thing I've seen you are really passionate about is disrupting the old school medical <laughs> industry in in a way yeah. or the healthcare scene so how is clearhead disrupting the the healthcare scene
0: Yeah so the, the fundamental problem we wanted to solve was that you just cannot train enough human workforce to meet the true need. Yeah. And and so the way we disrupt is we have basically built a digital clinician through um, what we've done at Clearhead, which yeah. is if you think about what a human clinician should be able to do in terms of helping you figure out what your problem is, helping you put a treatment plan in place, help you... Um, find the right help and refer you um, to other professionals if they can't help you. That's essentially what we've built, but in a digital format.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is very cool. But, you know, like with a lot of startups... The thing is that even if you build the best product in the world, and if no one (laughs) knows about it, no one ever gets to use it. How are you getting your name out there? How are you getting acquiring users and getting people to use it and all that?
0: Yes, I, I. That was something we learned. We really thought that if you just built the best product, it would just be people would want to give you money, and (laughs) it's not true. I I can, I can attest to that. So, look, the, the the reason we kind of have a a very strong B2C component with with Clearhead is because of what we learned in the first startup. Doing B2B, uh, where we were pitching our solution directly to the hospital. And then after two years, I really had nothing to show for it. And I don't think anybody knew I did this first startup because yeah. it was all happening with hospitals and hospitals just generally move super slowly and then we're not willing yeah. to make a, a decision. So, you know, ultimately, when it came down to it, we, we just wanted to cut our losses. Yes. And and then with, with the second startup, so we said, look, we have to have a B2C component so yes. that we just get The solution to the hands of the people that need it and we were very strongly driven by the the social impact we wanted to make so we wanted to give it for free really for people and and so i think because we we released it for free you know people tried it so i think that's the first thing is like at the beginning you might not charge just because you want people to just try and and give you feedback and, then, and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, I think that was one thing that it was a B2C component. So, yes. we could directly get our product in the hands of people who need it and then for them to to kind of have the feedback um, that it's working. And then when it's working, they, they tell their friends about yes. it. So, so, there's a, for I think the f- more, for at least the first year and a half of Clearhead, yes. it was very much just word of mouth that was it. Yeah. The second thing is the importance of networks. I think I mentioned yes. networks from a perspective of finding your team. Your team yeah. But also networks from the perspective of who are going to be your distribution channel, mm-hmm. and that's why you know I think we um, talked about why you know it's easy to glamorize the the sort of dropout of college, yes. you know, eighteen year old founder, and you know really hats you know hats off to those who have been able to pull it off, but they really yeah. are would be considered the the exception and not yeah. the rule. And, and especially when you consider heavily regulated sectors like healthcare, that's even more true. And so, yes, I'm young, but I have 10 years experience in terms of like, I um, practice clinically, yes. I did research, I sat on governance boards, yes. you know, I I really had... 10 years worth of experience in the health sector that allowed me to build networks. So what happened when we were ready to, to have people tell others about Clearhead? You yes. know, I had a GP network that I could ask. So, you know, one of our channels mm-hmm. was GPs just telling their patients this is a really cool tool you need to use. So we had the word-of-mouth element. We had the um, distribution the sorted, sorted to a
1: certain extent yeah. with GPs and all that. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so that really was yeah. what helped us get the word out. And yeah. if you just actually – I think sometimes it's like people think about, like, oh, how do I, like, hack my growth or, like, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, are you even building something that people want? Because yes. generally, if you build something that people want, it will – it will get out there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It would, yeah, yeah. The other big challenge after acquiring <laughs> users that I faced in one of my previous startups in the eSports, so yes. I got it from 80,000 monthly active users to 300,000 monthly ah, active users in eight cool. months. Nice. But the big challenge was engagement. Mm. Only 20% of the people were engaging on an ongoing basis mm-hmm. and the rest weren't engaging as much as we would like or yeah. want using it. Yeah. Do you did you face any of that challenges? Yeah, or? absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So we definitely also looked at the metrics to kind of understand, you know, how can we improve our recurring users? And we I think we we made a few assumptions around like, oh, it might be because of like this value here that we thought was helpful to people actually mm-hmm. wasn't helpful to people or yeah. we thought, oh, maybe we're just like spamming them with too much notification and they're yes. like annoyed by us and, you know, and, and I think all you can do with these kind of things is just try. like exactly so, so what we ended up yeah. doing is like, okay, what if we create a settings where they can determine how much notification they're going to get yeah. and like, were people using that and so there were definitely assumptions that we made that that were we had we we kind of had to prove prove out was not yeah. was not going to happen
1: no that's that's very very useful <laughs> so where do you see ClearHead going in the next five years or what's your plan for it or where would you like it to go
0: Um, I would love Clearhead to be able to impact the mental health of people globally. I think that there is, yeah, there's a huge need out there. And so that would be, we would love to be a global company in five years time and and making more of an impact that way. (laughs)
1: That's very cool to see your ambition and where you want to drive Clearhead. You know, if just looking back, like 10 years ago, if you had some advice for Angela of 10 years ago, what <laughs> what would that be? And part of the reason why I'm asking you this is also because we are, earlier we were talking about female founders and female entrepreneurs. Uh. So it would be, think of it as it would be another female entrepreneur, say, listening to it, what advice would you have for them?
0: Yeah, look, ten years ago Angela did not know she was ever gonna start a startup. So yeah. and I don't think it was Angela's objective then either. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird referring to myself in the third person. Um, I I think the I think that when I look back at the last ten years, the inflection points in my career mm. The ones that took me to New heights were always just after a big failure of something. Yeah, I did not get into medical school the first time. I did not, you know, I did not uh, get really good grades during medical school, and I really struggled with not getting good grades. It, you know these were all moments where i I had really had it challenge my perception of myself Mm -hmm. as a person and what I define success to be ultimately I did learn from the experience so I always ask myself like okay what can I learn from this but I also beat myself up a lot around like you know feeling really bad about myself and I think the advice I would give is that you know to just just roll with the punches really and and not add on those extra layer where you are like self-flagellating yourself and I think you know COVID has been really hard for the company in the sense that, like, it's had been very confronting for us to kind of figure out, like, what is it that we offer in the space and, and, and sort of like how can we respond better post COVID. And so we worked really hard as a company. And so we achieved the, you know, in the six months, what we've achieved in the last six months, we probably, did more than what we did the first year and a half. Yeah. And and so what that means is like the highs are super high and the lows are super low. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I'm really proud of that I've learned is building that resilience around when when the bad news comes in, being able to just actually, you know, have a moment where you you feel what you're feeling and then actually go to bed And then the next morning is a new day. Don't bring that baggage with you, you know, like it's um, just deal what you do, what you can. And then, and then just, you know, solve the problem that you can and then move on and, and stop, you know, penalizing yourself and going over over about it in your head. So I think that's something I, I've only really learned this year. Mm -hmm. And, I would love to have built that skills ten years ago because, like the yeah. the what would that have allowed me to achieve? You know, I could have yeah. been so much stronger and believed in myself so much more if I had known that then. Yeah. And I guess, like the question to like female founders, it is hard. I think the biggest difference that I feel mm-hmm. um, is the bias that comes with it. There is a bias yeah. when. In healthcare, the person you expect to meet around talking about technology is an older white man, like, you know, in his 50s. I am the opposite of all of that. I am, (laughs) like, you know, like, I was was 28 when I started ClearHead. I was... you know, Asian minority, I'm female, Mm -hmm. and I'm a migrant. And and then to bring all of that to a meeting where, like, I just do not look like what they, the archetype of what they're expecting was very challenging. And I think that people almost kind of was a bit condescending around the way that they talked to me um, yeah. about what we were trying to achieve and it was hugely fr- frustrating from my end yeah. and I think I think what I would advise is is to keep you know like to keep staying true to who you are as a person. And I think that your consistency will win out in the end. It did for us. Um, I think, people just needed to know that like like two years in, oh, you're still here. Okay, maybe yes. I should talk to you. I have pulled Michael into a lot of our big meetings now. Yeah. I used to just have them alone. Now the big meetings we have, Michael is there with me. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I don't know, maybe I think it's just reassuring in people's head to have this balance of like, he's, he's, you know, like he looks older than me. We're the same age, but he looks older <laughs> than me. And he's like this white dude. And, and, and I think that when the two of us come to the table, it's a very powerful combo because I yeah. can definitely talk about clinical risk and anything that you'd be worried about from that end. Mm-hmm. And he can talk about all the technical exp- um, risk that and how to manage that on that end. And, and I think when you have us as a dual combo, we just, mm-hmm. we really round each other out. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think. Acknowledge that bias exists. Don't yeah. don't discount yourself. But it is worth sort of thinking about, like asking the question of like why what is it that they are seeking reassurance yeah. around and and will it be different if you bring someone else in together with you and, and not yeah. to see that as a failure. I did get a lot of advice of people who said, Oh, you should hire someone to be the face of Clearhead who's an older white man and I'm like No, that's not authentic to the brand, you know. And so this is my compromise.
1: (laughs) No, but it is such a good advice that, you know, you have a co-founder that has complementary skills. Like you are really strong on the clinical and the medical side. He's really strong on the technical side. So you guys are like, I can see how you guys are such a good team. So very, very good points um, right there. Before we finish, I have these three questions that I asked ask everyone quick five sort of questions and that is uh, what is the book that you are reading currently <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have not been reading anything recently
1: What the last one that the last read. one i read
0: um, is an old one it's an oldie yes. but a goodie it's uh, good to great yes jim collins it it was it was so helpful for me i yeah. would highly recommend it to any founders because i think Maybe it's just the way my brain works. I really like the 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 research element of it and yes. I like knowing that it's backed up by lots of data. But really what I liked about it was it really steps you through what you need to put down as foundations to to building a really great company. Yeah. And when you're running a company the first two years is 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 painful. It really mm-hmm. is. It's like, I would not wish it on, on my worst enemy. <laughs> and you, it. I always say it's like running in the fog and all you can mm-hmm. see is a few steps ahead of you. And what the Jim Collins book helped me with, and I think it came at the right time, yeah. was that it helped me reflect on the last two years and, and go like, oh, okay, um, I did that bit. I did that bit. I did yes. that bit. And it feels like nothing's happening. But it is now, but you had to do all those things and you had to trust yourself that you're on the right track. And, and a lot of that was a lot of the first year and a half investment was very much about tweaking the product to something that actually solved the people's problem, but then was something that people would be willing to pay for. The other big thing is about building the team around you to, to build a company that is able to scale and so you know we've we've just been super lucky every individual on the team is just such a joy to work with and they're super talented which allows us to really achieve more than you'd ever expect such a small team to achieve yeah and and i think for me success is the fact that I had employees who are superstars that got offered their dream job and they turned it down to stay working with us. I've had employees who would message me saying, like, you've been a really great boss, but you've been a better friend. And and that to me is what success is, you know, spending the time to build your team out because you cannot do this alone. And then, yeah, and then the the thing that I think I learned way too late, (laughs) which I would definitely advise people listening, is really just get your business model right. It does determine what product you build, the feature set, and stuff like that. And it was something that I think we came into way
1: too late. Did you get any advice from someone or did you just do between just, you and we Michael? Just, we just
0: kind of got to the point where we were like, we were banging our head against a brick wall, yes. um, trying to get money from the government. Yeah. And... Yeah, we we genuinely thought that if we built something of a uh, strong public good, the government yes. would pay. And I think acknowledging and understanding the procurement process of the, or and, and yes. the more wider business model like this is just how like government work. Yes. Then you'd be really realistic around how you you pitch something. And yeah, I think that was something that I we just yeah COVID basically. F- you know, when we said it it was hard, it was because it forced us to be really honest with ourselves. Like, are you ever going to make money here? (laughs) So the answer is no. So so we had to pivot. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that I think that really is is key. Once you have a product that people actually want, you have a team to help you grow and achieve it and you have the right business model so that it can keep going.
1: Towards your oyster. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I know I was supposed to ask you just these three questions but the, no, no, there's no, so it, much interesting stuff in and yeah, it's like just about your pivot it's so what's the key difference between Clearhead before the six months before the pivot and now what's the key difference
0: the key difference is we stayed away from content <laughs> we it- were like, uh, everybody's doing content, and yeah. yeah, and we decided that we needed to do our own content to really um, mm. solidify what we do. So that was something that we had to do. Yeah, and I think that I, th- I think it gives you uh, a much stronger angle to kind of sell to because you you've taken. I think yeah, it's old fashioned. People can can kind of wrap their heads around it a bit more, I think, than what yes. we were trying to do before. Yeah, and. Yeah, I think that was the that was really the main difference. We we had to do our own content.
1: So so you have like a content team or or how? No do you, no, it's or still or the same. You? team. <laughs>
0: <It's> just, <laughs> like, so like look, we have a really the beauty of the team is that we're all very cross skilled. Yeah, and so we when we tech left the whole team can tech left. Yeah. And and everybody could step up. I mean there's a learning curve in anything new that we do. Yes. But in general, we hired for people who had that flexibility and mindset and and, and, yeah. and had the experience as well. So so that I think that I think look, I think one of the, the key things as founders you need to get right is around yes. hiring. And so how do you be really clear around like who, what values are you hiring for what type of person that you need yeah. and and think about very much the culture fit just as much as the
1: the technical, technical skills technical skills yeah yeah very very true <laughs> that is really good second one yes. is is there any podcast that you listen to or that you like
0: I, yes i listen to three religiously yes. <laughs> one is how i built this with in, with uh, guy raz yeah. that's an npr podcast uh, the second one is um, problem solvers um, and the third one is masters of scale by reed hastings
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so i find them all very three cool. super helpful and yeah. understanding other founders journey
1: that's very cool and if you had unlimited time resources and money <laughs> what would you build or what would you work on
0: <laughs> uh, look I think that me and Michael were working on our on dream. the thing <laughs> yeah, we are dream, working yeah. on the thing like I think that hmm. sometimes you hear founders say that like oh I'm just gonna do something and then and then once I make lots of money I'll go do the thing that I really want to do yeah me and Michael we are committed to clearhead this is a you know, we, we, I, mean, we, we, I made him vow to me. I was like, you know, there's a 10-year thing, right? Yes. <laughs>
1: I'm like, you're not going anywhere, right? He's like, uh, fine.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, look, we, we, we to achieve the vision that we want, yes. it's a 10-year commitment and we're
1: committed to it. Yeah. Um,
0: if we had more money, great. We'll just get there with a bigger, faster team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we're doing the thing that we
1: want. So, do. does that mean earlier you mentioned you have three to four year runway from your initial investor? Will yes. you do another round? Yes, it has to. Yeah. Have yeah. To. So,
0: I think the first, the first round was very much about getting product market fit, getting yes. a, a, a business model that has proven itself out. We are committed to, to, getting it right for New Zealand before we go getting distracted elsewhere so we do want to capture the New Zealand market and then when we once we achieve that we'd love to start scaling internationally and I think that's when it gets super expensive again and, and yes. so we'll need to raise then
1: yeah yep that's very cool so if someone wants to give clear ahead a try um where do they find it is it just yeah,
0: so unfortunately, uh, yes. it's only for New Zealanders. So I know you have an international audience. So, but yes. if any of your New Zealand audience yes. would love to try it, you mm-hmm. know, just go on to clearhead.org.nz. It's both a website and a mobile app, and uh, but the website is cooler. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. And then they can just yeah, and, and then try they just anything. give it
0: a try. It's just that simple. Sign up, and then we literally guide you through the whole process. You Do know.
1: they have to pay anything to use it?
0: They don't have to in the month of October. Oh, cool. And and then we'll see what happens after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that's That's really, really good. Yeah. So I've got all the links to your social profiles and yes. everything. I will put all these out in the description for anyone listening thank you so much for sharing your story sharing clear head story and and just yeah guiding other people to you know so that they can follow in your footsteps thanks
0: so, yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me
1: that's great thanks Angela. Cheers.